That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. No, you stay there. I can make the call. Honestly, we get to do one live on location podcast and we get spies. Who spies on a podcast? Come on, pick up, pick up. This had better be important. Call on this line costs like four dollars a minute. Uh, yes, sir. I I know this is only for emergency purposes, uh, but this is an emergency. Trust me. All right, give me a minute. I'm gonna take off my pack. Yes, sir. Okay. Why are you calling me on the inReach phone? Well, you you see, sir, uh, we've had um, we've had well, what you would say um, an infiltration. A what? Have you got answer on this phone, or are you talking to answering service machine? I told you to stay put. I can take care of this. I don't need you here. Excuse me. Oh, no, not you, sir. I meant Menchek. He should have stayed guarding the infiltrators, uh, as, as it were. Infiltrators? What is this word? Oh, we have got spies. I said I had this handled, Menchek! If by handled you meant using fancy words for easy ones, then yes, you did have these handled. Hey, Sir Hector, uh, can we let the one with a funny hat use the bathroom? He's saying he needs to do a number... Why are you here? I told you to stay put as well, not to move a muscle! Hello? Are you still there? That meant me? All of you! Well, then why did Medchick and Pierre come up here? Pierre, too! Marie, I am hiding the shoulder of this Russian horse. Uh... I still don't know what's going on. Why are you calling me on my twin fall type? Why can't any of you follow basic instructions? I know that, Auntie. It's because they're all delinquents. Now who's watching the prisoners? Wait a minute. Who have you taken prisoner? You you can't do that, Sir Hector. I know when I left the camp, it was just Hook and Little B watching the film crew. You took a film crew prisoner? What about Bob? Oh, well, he went for a pint hours ago. I think before you even came up here to phone the boss on that, like, super expensive sat phone line. Oh, no, I've left him on the line. Um, yeah, I've been here the entire time. You took a film crew prisoner? We took a, uh, Mickey Dunbee and one Samuel Camara guy, along with some other individuals who don't turn up in a general search. How did you get their names? I can be very persuasive. I am a man of many talents and abilities. He read their press codes. Samuel's last name isn't Camara Guy either. Why have you kidnapped these people? They haven't been kidnapped. They've been detained for spying on our podcast. Spying on a free podcast? Uh-huh. 
I may go back to my hike. I can't believe you can't go three days without me being there. Let whomever this is you've captured go, okay? Let them go and pray they don't file charges. Good luck. But, sir. But nothing. Goodbye. He told you. Well, thank all of you for that. Couldn't do as you were told. Couldn't just sit by the fire. Keep guard while we're making one phone call. I can't believe it. Well, no offense, Sir Hector. But since taking the entire film crew captive was your directive, and that was clearly the wrong call, should you really be making these decisions? I... Uh, what? I... Last right! He failed to lead us in the power direction, so he's it, and I'm back in! Wait, you're supposed to be at the pub! Ah, we're hours ago! Not now! All right, everyone, back to the fair! Oh, wait a minute! Oh, where are you all going? D don't you turn your backs on me! Uh, Menchek, uh, why are you walking backwards? I never turn my back on you, Sir Hector. But you're still leaving! Technicality only. But all right, first things first, let go of the prisoners. What's obliged? You're free to go. Sorry for the misunderstanding. Alrighty, right, let just put back over there again then. Right, now, Tom, you're up, correct? Yes, I got the story of Prometheus. This isn't over, Bob. But it is after this. Oh, there it is. The Story of Prometheus, Part 1, How Fire Was Given to Man In those old, old times, there lived two brothers who were not like other men, nor yet like those mighty ones who lived upon the mountaintop. They were the sons of one of those titans who had fought against Jupiter and been sent in chains to the strong prison house of the lower world. The name of the elder of these brothers was Prometheus, the forethought, for he was always thinking of the future and making things ready for what might happen tomorrow or next week or next year, or it may even be in a hundred years to come. The younger was called Epimaeus, or afterthought, for he was always so busy thinking of yesterday or last year or a hundred years ago, and he had no care at all for what might come to pass after a while. For some cause, Jupiter had not sent these brothers to prison with the rest of the Titans. Prometheus did not care to live amid the clouds on the mountaintop, for he was too busy for that. While the mighty folk were spending their time in idleness, drinking nectar and eating ambrosia, he was intent upon plans for making the world wiser and better than it had ever been before. He went out amongst the men to live with them and to help them, for his heart was filled with sadness when he found that they were no longer happy as they had been during the golden days when Saturn was king. Ah, how very poor and wretched they were. He found them living in caves and in holes of the earth, shivering with the cold because there was no fire, dying of starvation, haunted by wild beasts, and by one another the most miserable of all living creatures. If they only had fire said Prometheus to himself. They could at least warm themselves and cook their food, and after a while they could learn to make tools and build themselves houses. Without fire, they are worse off than the beasts. Then he went boldly to Jupiter and begged him to give fire to men so they might have a little comfort through the long, dreary months of winter. Not a spark I will give, said Jupiter, 
No, indeed. Why, if men had fire, they might become strong and wise like ourselves. And after a while, they would drive us out of our kingdom. Let them shiver with cold and let them live like beasts. It is best for them to be poor and ignorant so that we mighty ones may thrive and be happy. Prometheus made no answer, but he had set his heart on helping mankind and he did not give up. He turned away and left Jupiter in his mighty company forever. As he was walking by the shore of the sea, he found a reed, or some say, a tall stalk of fennel growing. And when he had broken it off, he saw that its hollow center was filled with a dry, soft pitch that would burn slowly and keep on a fire a long time. He took the long stalk in his hands and started with it towards the dwelling of the sun in the far east. Mankind shall have fire in spite of the tyrant who sits on the mountaintop, he said. He reached the place of the sun in the early morning, just as the glowing golden orb was rising from the earth and beginning his daily journey through the sky. He touched the end of the long reed to the flames, and the dry pitch caught fire and burned slowly. Then he turned and hastened back to his own land, carrying with him the precious spark hidden in the hollow center of the plant. He called some of the shivering men from their caves and built a fire for them and showed them how to warm themselves by it and how to build other fires from the coals. Soon there was a cheerful blaze in every rude home in the land and men and women gathered round it and were warm and happy and thankful to Prometheus for the wonderful gift with which he had brought them from the sun. It was not long until they learned to cook their food and so to eat it like men instead of like beasts. They began at once to leave off their wild and savage habits, and instead of lurking in the dark places of the world, they came out into the open air and the bright sunlight, and were glad because life had been given to them. After that, Prometheus taught them, little by little, a thousand things. He showed them how to build houses of wood and stone, and how to tame sheep and cattle and make them useful, and how to plow and sow and reap, and how to protect themselves from the storms of winter and the beasts of the woods. Then he showed them how to dig in the earth for copper and iron and how to melt the ore and how to hammer it into a shape and fashion from it the tools and weapons which they needed in peace and war. And when he saw how happy the world was becoming, he cried out, A new golden age shall come, brighter and better by far than the old. Listening to Empat Studios' presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at Gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on Nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.